Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. We are here mm, in huh. this place. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched uh, The Vast of Night. Took me a the, second to remember. The, the, the Vast of Night. Yeah. It's a movie. It is. It's a film. We, yeah. did, we wanted to make that clear that Dave and I didn't just go outside and stare up into the void for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Which is entirely possible. <clears throat> yeah, that's something separate that we do. What's going on, Everett? 718 here at WOTW. We got a sound we'd like to play that seems to be bouncing around the valley tonight. Yes, I have a story that might be helpful. I can tell you what's going on. The sound we heard out in the desert. It was coming from thousands of feet higher than anything could fly. They've come here before. They've liked this place. They always have. How you doing, Tom? How's how's your peaches? Oh man! So I'm recording this, uh, looking out of my uh, back door. Uh, it's a it's a sliding glass door at this peach tree that we just realized we had. Um, as we, oh, we, so, we, okay. So we moved in like two months ago, and it it was just this tree that was in the backyard. It's like okay, that's a nice tree, and now it started. It's become clear that it's a peach tree because it's bearing fruit. You're living that song. By yeah. presidents of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except there are these fucking dickhead birds just just swooping in, eating all the fruit right in front of me, like right in front of my face. I'm just sitting here watching them do it. There's nothing yeah. I can do about it. They're just, yeah, they're just pissing all over like your life. Fucking shithead birds. They're probably uh-huh. shitting all over the fruit and pissing everywhere. Yeah, those are and your just, peaches. Just chirping at me, looking me dead in my face. Dickhead birds. I know. Something must be done. I know. I don't know what to Are do. Are you going to take I that? I don't know. I don't have any weapons. Yeah. Um, Maybe uh, you could electrify the tree. That's not a bad idea. I could. Yeah. Uh, I could. I could throw a big net over it. Uh huh. And run a current through that net. Yeah. You could like, hire someone to hit at them with sticks. Mm-hmm. That's true. I could hire a bird assassin. Yeah. Yeah, if there's anybody listening who needs bird assassin work, any bird assassins. If there are any cats fans of the listening. Podcast, yeah, that's, there any, yeah there that's what those cats are. cats listening. Oh, get a cat. Get a bunch of cats. I'll, yeah. yeah. I, 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 won't call it, I won't call it adoption. Like, I'll, wa- I'll walk into, like, the, the animal shelter and be like, I need to hire some cats. Yeah. So maybe I would that like way. like one bird assassin, please. Maybe that way they'll let me take home, like, seven. Uh-huh. I need. I just need. I don't. I'm not adopting them. I need to hire them. Right, and you pay them in in uh, precious jewels. Yeah, and delicious yeah. bird flesh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You're a cat job creator. Is what you yeah, are. Yeah. That's what. It's, yeah. You know what? That's 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 how uh, capitalism works. Yeah. First, um, you get the money. Then you get the cats. Then you get the peaches. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's the order. Yeah, that's that's that is the only that that's the direction that that uh, 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 
prosperity flows. Mm-hmm. That's what our founding fathers intended. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, it's all built on cats, on hiring cats. Cats and, and peach currency. Mm-hmm. Our rights to peaches. Yeah, it's a little, little known fact. There were entire regiments of cats that they used in the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War. Yeah, when they talked about like redcoats, they're talking about robins. Mm-hmm. They weren't talking about the British. It was all birds. Yeah, it was just we, we, we were facing down a, a tyrannical bird force. Yeah. Yeah, little known fact mm-hmm. about the founding of this country. It's all bird-based. Yeah, they were taxing all of our peaches without representation. Right. You know, all That's the tea in the Boston Tea Party? It's all peach-flavored. Uh-huh. It's all peach oh, yeah. tea. peach tea? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, what are what what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> we're talking about the vast of night. Oh yeah! So this yeah. is um, we talked about this on movies that deserve more hype. This is available on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. I believe. You don't have to pay for it if you have Prime. Yeah, it's included with Prime. Uh, this is an indie sci-fi film that ran on film festivals for a little bit. Got a lot of good reviews. Um, mm-hmm. Was worth checking out. So Tom, what did you think of this film? Um, I liked it. Uh, there's, I think there's some problems with it, but overall I enjoyed it and I am in it looking forward to seeing what these filmmakers and these actors, because I really enjoyed the two lead actors, uh, do after this film. Same. This exact same. This movie yeah. um, felt like a really good screen test at times. Uh, yes. Because uh, I don't know if you share this opinion the the one fault i had with the movie mm-hmm. is that um well no actually i don't know if this is true it felt like there wasn't enough movie yes it's a 90 not... minute film yeah uh but i did like a lot of the like them just talking to people on the radio and hearing stories it's the the movie is entirely a series of monologues yes and i didn't mind that it was more uh-huh. like I almost thought the ending needed to commit to that more and show less spoilers, by the way. It um, does. Yeah, it does show. A, yeah. I mean, it show it. Yeah, it shows us the spaceships, but. Yeah. And I almost think if they were going to keep to that, mm-hmm. they should have embraced it. But it, it, it felt like they had a, re- yeah, a really cool idea. Uh, it, it's like the movie Monsters, where it's like you watch it and you're like. Actually, I, I think Vast of Night is more rewatchable than Monsters, but Monsters also felt like, oh, this is a director making a name for himself. Yeah. More than anything, like just being like, look what I can do. Yeah, and this movie feels like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really liked, I loved the opening. I loved all the conversations. For people who are watching this having not seen it, it's about uh, uh, kids teenagers uh in like the 50s mm-hmm. in a small da- town in i'm guessing like nevada area new mexico new mexico cayuga new mexico okay and it's 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 uh, the girl is uh, a switchboard operator the guy runs the local uh radio station and they come upon a strange uh signal radio signal and they start investigating it and they rebroadcast it and ask people like uh you know have you heard this before and they start getting stories from people who talk about the people in the sky and like military mm-hmm. service and 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 this very roswell-esque stories of 
the you know they've heard this when it came to like working for the military and when there was like reports of a presence in the sky and this one old woman uh talks about losing her child yeah uh, she's she's way older though so like she's talking about she tells a story about um because it takes place in like 1950 yeah um so she's you know was a kid in like the 1880s 1890s right um so she's telling a story about how a train kind of rolled to a stop right outside of town and everybody on board was missing and then a few days later a woman who had jumped off the train comes stumbling into town all disoriented um and uh, this family sort of nurses her back to health a little bit and then one night she just disappears and they never saw her again right um and, and, that, um, and that leads into her the story about her. She has a son who sp- says speaks this weird language in his sleep, and then one night when he was like nine, he also disappears. Yes, and the the creepiest part is uh, her. She speaks the the she writes down and speaks the language back to her son, mm-hmm. and her son goes into a trance yeah. and like looks up with his eyes closed, um, which pays off i think really well i i i i I, I, I agree yeah they later play the tape back to people they're driving in a car with and she starts speaking the language in the tape and the the driver and the passenger in the front do the exact same thing yeah it's really this movie the movie's not scary and it's not really creepy it's a little it's it's creepy in a couple of spots and that was definitely one of the creepiest spots we talked about this i think off off podcast about that movie the fourth kind mm-hmm. and like my the reason i really liked the movie the fourth kind which is such a weird like a random ass movie it's a random uh, movie to like and it's not a very good movie but there no. are a couple of scenes that are creepy as shit in that yep. movie. and i also feel this about another <laughs> random movie that's not very good the forgotten with julianne moore and mcnulty uh and there's one called like dark skies that's also not very good mm-hmm. but they all share one thing that i i think more movies need to embrace which is that aliens are scary yeah <laughs> uh we don't get enough of that unless they're like literal monsters the x-files i think tapped into that with me one of the um one of the most like common images in my head when i think of the x-files is when Mulder in little green men is in that in that uh in the radio uh, radio uh, i almost said radio shack but that's basically <laughs> what it is yeah it's a shack for a radio that that's he goes a, to with no, with no plan of getting out but that's mm-hmm. that's a different podcast uh, that's an entire that's a different show <laughs> yeah but he hears like the recording start mm-hmm. and like it plays back something he says like in this weird disordered voice and then like the the lock just like unlocks on its own Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same with Samantha's uh, abduction in that, and it's presented as like creepy, like they're like they're demons. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, <laughs> they're basically right. demons because what they're doing is so beyond our comprehension yeah. that it comes off like dark magic, and mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And and like the forgotten does a thing where people are just randomly sucked into the sky. And it's so creepy how they do it. They're just standing there and like, like you're falling, they suddenly just fall upwards, just go shoot. And it's just like, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, I remember that was in the trailer. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a great, it's a 
great technique and and you never see the aliens well, i think you see them at the end but it's always just like dark clouds and you know they're up there somewhere signs the m night Shyamalan film that's another mm-hmm. one that does it yeah probably the most successful uh, yeah uh yeah and this does it as well is that for most of the movie it's like a presence uh that you just hear about mm-hmm. that's everybody's sort of like yeah it's just this weird transmission up. yeah that you keep hearing yeah it's very it's got that it's got that contact vibe. yeah yeah and i mean you mentioned signs you remember the scene where the the culkin stands on the the roof of the car oh, with yeah. his radio and it's which like this, is that i think it's rory oh <clears throat> neat yeah yeah where they use a culkin antenna mm-hmm. <laughs> with a yep. baby monitor mm-hmm. yeah that's that's also like there's something very creepy about that about yeah. this thing that you can't see it's just up there somewhere yeah and it, you know it's watching you and you don't know what it's doing mm-hmm. uh, but it's clearly not good because it's if it was good it would probably come down and say hi yeah um, it might yeah, be they're, neutral. They're clearly up to something. Yeah, there's shifty aliens up <laughs> yeah. there. Fucking shifty. This fucking guy. <laughs> shifty aliens. Uh, up, up there, gleep glorp into each other. Yeah. We don't know what they're doing. Just watching us. We don't know what they got themselves. in store. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know what their plan is. We have no idea what they're doing. We don't know if they're, I don't know. Maybe they'll, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know if there's just a bunch of close-up magicians up there. I, know. I don't know. That'd be terrifying. Oh, if they're just like, oh god, you you get abducted and you go up there and you're in a dark room and one of them approaches and they're like, you got like a twenty-dollar bill on you. I want to show you something real quick. <laughs> and then and then they just start doing close-up magic, and you yep. have to act like you're really impressed, but you don't want to tell them that like we have close-up magicians on Earth. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is not. I mean, it's just to blow your mind. In. Yeah, <laughs> does we, the we, does the levitation thing where he's just lifting himself up on his toes? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the South Park with Jesus. Okay, turn around. Turn okay, around. Turn, yeah. Okay, turn around. <laughs> turn around. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. But yeah, this. Uh, so this all the town is all at a um, at a basketball game. And so the idea is that most of the town is at this one game. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows each other. They do a really good job with that. Because yeah. she's like the switchboard operator. And she's just like calling random people. And everybody knows each other's names. There are no strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so during this time, basically, they they hear this sound. They They start getting people on the radio saying, I know what it is. One person is like, you have to come to my house and I'll tell you the story. They run into other people who are like, we, we, people are starting to see things. Um, like there's spheres in the sky. And then they, um, so they run into another couple. It's a lot of just running about. At one point, um, the, the girl's sister, the babysitter. The babysitter, yeah. Of the sister they can't mm-hmm. find. So she grabs her ki- her sis- kid sister and... Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go out and they end up kind of on the side of the road when they're they're driving with this couple and they play the voices and the couple looks to the sky and they go out and then um, I guess I won't spoil the ending except to say that it's, you know, it shows a lot all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was where I mean, it didn't lose me. 
but that was where I was like, you could have done the same ending without um, without showing anything, showing anything, just showing the aftermath. Was, yes, I think it would have been much more effective. Yeah, uh, it would have been more in 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 line with how the rest of the movie was. Yeah. What did you think about the framing device? They do, it starts on an old style TV and they present it like it's a Twilight Zone-y Yeah, uh, it's, a Twilight, it's a Twilight Zone stand-in called Paradox Theater and they actually got a very good um, um, Rod Serling sound alike to narrate yeah. it. Um, so much so that I was, at first it fooled me. I was like, is this like an alternate take <laughs> for right. the uh, intro Twilight Zone? Um, I don't... I don't know. I definitely, I liked it in the beginning when it's a slow, slow push into the TV set um, in somebody's living room as it begins to play the movie. Um, But then it would randomly cut to the TV, back to the TV screen to show, I don't, I didn't quite understand it. Yeah, those, those, that's my thought as well is that um, it, it reminds me, it makes me think of someone who's right out of film school and they're just sort of trying stuff. Yeah. And I think this film is a little bit of that. It's a little bit of let's try stuff. Um, and most of the stuff they tried, I think, worked. Like that one The one that was the trailer. Yeah. Uh, that that one is fantastic. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it's clearly, it's totally unnecessary. Um, I would say actually, yes actually, and no. Actually, um, no, it's not totally unnecessary because what we learn later when they talk to the old lady is she's like, they tend to show up when everybody in town, most of everybody in town is in one place. Right. That's the idea is that. So it's it's zooming from, it goes from the the switchboard all the way through the high school where everybody's at the basketball game and then outside of the high school to the radio station. And it's showing us that the entire town is empty pretty much. Yeah, Except for these two. Everything's very blue and dark and quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it basically it goes from where the switchboard operator is and the radio host is, and they're communicating, so we get to see the, the vast of night. We get to see the, 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 the emptiness and darkness, and then it gets to this one pocket of humanity, mm-hmm. and it zooms through it, and we see every, yeah, everybody's there, and then it keeps going, and it's quiet again. Yeah, I think that's what it's there to establish is sort of, it's yeah. not something deep. It's just establishing the mood of what we're seeing, the, yeah. the environment. The, the, yeah, and the, the isolation of these two characters. Yeah, and it's very um, good. They did a lot. I heard they like, because this is very low budget, and the things I, I'll forgive it for is like, um, there's parts, like just have, being very reliant on someone telling a story. At some points... The screen cuts to black and you just hear their voices. Yeah, that was a um, choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they could have easily just filmed more. Yeah, but it, it's sort of like it was part of me realizing, like, oh, they could have done this as a podcast. They could have done this the way plot that it's set up. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, like a radio play. Yeah, it's set up a lot like a radio play where you have one lady's on the sw- the one character's on the switchboard, another character's at a radio station, and they're just getting callers. Right, and they could be communicating, mm-hmm. and there's just be yep. people get, telling stories. It could have easily been that, but I, you know, I appreciated that it was very visual because the visuals were beautiful. Yeah, this movie is really well shot. Yeah, the, a lot of, but yeah, what I was gonna say is, even though it's indie, I know 
re- reading about it, they really paid attention to the detail. Like the basketball court was repainted to reflect how basketball was played during that time because the rules have changed since. Yeah. The switchboard was a working switchboard where like they could call in. And so she mm-hmm. can, because the, there's that one where she's just at the switchboard. There's a lot of those where it's just there, these. There, there are a lot of long takes yes. in this movie. But they're like, they, uh, with the exception of that one, they're very Spielberg because mm-hmm. they're more shot for efficiency than they are. Not even Spielberg. They're just very actual old timey. They're 50s oneers where it's like, yeah, they're just staying on this character because what what's the need? Why cut? Yeah. You yeah. know? Just. Uh, yeah. And because of that, you mentioned at the beginning, the performances are fucking, I love them. Yeah. I really like these two actors. <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah. That opening scene, I, I read a review about this movie before I saw it and I, I, I have to agree with it is that they talked about the lingo. Mm-hmm. The lingo feels authentic without mm-hmm. feeling like it's, you know, like someone who's just like doing a stereotype of 50s talking yeah like they talk with 50s slang but they use slang that i haven't heard as much and it's very natural with these actors yeah the they're delivering lines that are very like they're it's not the way people speak not anymore no i don't even think in the 50s because it's very um there's a lot of like back and forth like exchanges like i don't want to use tarantino or kevin smith no, because it's not, li- it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not heavy-handed, but it is sort of like elaborate. It's, it's a got, lot of it's, witty back and forth. Yeah. It's not even that it's witty. It's just very um, quick and, I don't know, it has, it has a real rhythm to it. Yeah, it's sharp. And again, not in a way that it's like you, like you, I noticed it, but only t- in the sense that I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And that they were performing it very well. Right. I would say, and it's not, this isn't uh, an exact comparison by any means. It's just to give people a better idea if, if you're listening to this without having seen it. It's closer to Coen Brothers than Kevin yeah. Smith or Tarantino. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Because the, the beginning sequence is, they, and they, it also does a really good job at es- establishing who these characters are. Uh, and that's without giving them, they don't have that much of an arc. No, they don't uh, really have... Uh, yeah, they don't. But we know who they are, and we like them, and we want we want them to be all right. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do things like, um, at the beginning, uh, his name is Everett, right? Yeah, Everett is the DJ. And Faye? Yeah. Everett is um, walking around. They, we start at the high school, and he's kind of walking around solving problems and being very aggressive, but it's, very yeah, likable. It's- yeah, it reminds me a bit of some of the scenes in Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that in a bit. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where it's just, yeah, he's, like, cruising. And like they have an, they're having an electricity problem. And because he's at the radio, he shows up to, like, help them set up the recording for the game because they, they record the guys to play it on the radio the next day because people like to listen to the local basketball game on the radio. Um but they called him there for an electricity an electricity problem that it turns out they weren't actually asking for him. They like confused him with somebody else, like Emmett or something. And yeah, Emmett, yeah. who 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 is an electrician. Um, that but, woman, by the way, she was talking about the squirrels and yeah, yeah, she was uh, fucking killing it. 
She was great. Everybody was that really was good. Very Cohen Brothers. Yeah, everybody is. Uh, the, the, terrific yeah, the, the repetition of the squirrel story. Yeah, was very Cohen Brothers. Yeah. Um, he takes that one guy's trombone. <laughs> yeah, in the locker. that was that was great. It's like Rennie needs I, a trombone back. Yeah, I know. Why are you ta- Why are you taking Rennie's trombone to punish him for being Rennie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was terrific. Yeah, just they, no reason. They, <laughs> They also seemingly foreshadow something that never actually happens because they talk about uh, when you record on those old tapes too much, you can hear echoes of the previous recording Mm -hmm. and the guy mentions it. uh, And I thought that was going to come up because later they have to go get tapes. Yeah. Uh, But they didn't. I think they were just sort of establishing the, 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 the technology of the time. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was just, I think it was just, you know, a little flavor. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. It's uh, I. It's not a complaint. I loved it all. I loved. Mm-hmm. He's basically he meets up with Faye, and then she has a new tape recorder. So he's helping her just for fun interview people, mm-hmm. or herself, and just to break in the tape recorder just to learn it. Um, yeah. So to, to he's showing her how to use it while he's walking her to her after school job. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of those characters from it because yeah. in a lot of the townspeople who ultimately also don't play into it that much no it's sort of just to establish that this is a very tight-knit town yeah where you can just walk up to people and be like hey mr and mrs so-and-so and then be like hey Faye here's got a new tape recorder she's gonna ask you some questions and they're all very agreeable and everybody knows everybody and it's very wholesome it's very pleasantville mm-hmm. uh and and so then he he sort of interviews her and she's like, oh, I, I, I guess I'll talk about this stuff I read in these magazines. And she just calls the shots, calls her shots really well. It's basically her mentioning articles in magazines that uh, foreshadow things that we definitely have or are talking about now. She mm-hmm. mentions this, the the hyper tube or whatever it's called. Yeah, the hyperloop, hyperloop. the hyperloop, uh, um, self-driving cars, self-driving cars and cell phones and cell phones. Yeah smartphones specifically yeah yeah specifically smartphones and i want to look up the magazines because he he acts incredulous and i feel like they're doing that because the audience would be incredulous because he's like is that really a thing they talked about and she's like no it's in this magazine this 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 date it came out this year like they very much cite the magazines yeah so i'm curious to look them up now to see if they were like being like no no for real if those were actual we, articles yeah we were talking I mean, about this shit yeah the, the science magazines of the time were making wild uh, in the 50s were definitely making wild predictions about what we would be doing by the year 1990 or the year oh, 2000 yeah. yeah they were definitely doing that like we're all supposed to be living in cities above the clouds with flying cars by the year 2000 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we uh didn't quite make it no but uh you know we'll get there yep right yeah no just uh you know all we need is a cannon uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just need a cannon. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, shit, where was I going with this? But yeah, they, they establish their characters really well. Mm-hmm. I love that Faye keeps running places, even yeah. though they have, they've stolen a car, and Emmett keeps having to pick, like drive by and pick her up. Um, she's very, like, they, her character is very, like, uh, action-oriented. Um there's there's still 50s dynamics it feels like where the guy is sort of in charge uh they deal with race yeah it, well to the first point he's also older 
Right, that's true. Like he's he's I th- I think he's still a teenager, but he's technically an adult because he's clearly yeah. not in high school anymore, and he has a job. It's a very mentor relationship he has yeah. with her. Yeah, uh, but she doesn't seem like that less knowledgeable than him. No, I guess. no, no. There's I, I don't think there's that many years between them, but uh, yeah. I think she also runs everywhere. Like she says something, but well, I'm just used to running everywhere. I don't have a, I don't have a car. I don't have a bike. And it's also such a small town that she can conceivably run anywhere. She needs to go. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's not like, yeah, their relationship is not one person more dominant than the other. There's no, definitely just a dynamic there in their relationship. That's really well established between them. Yeah. You mentioned that she's action oriented and he is more passive. Yeah. Like he sort of, he sort of has to be prodded into acting. Right, and she has to like kind of scream at him and be yeah, yeah, <laughs> and be like we're doing this, uh, and and so it's 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 really well done that way, mm-hmm. uh, and like her giving him crap about his radio voice. There's also like a an amount of f- not f- like sort of fakeness to him or fake authority that she calls out, and he clearly hates it. I yeah. think the purpose of all this, to me, is they're establishing a relationship that you can kind of see romantically. Uh, you can kind of see these people, uh, because again, they're not much far different ages from each other. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of looking at what could be the start of a of a marriage, of, of an um, old man and old woman talking about how they met. Yeah, and they, uh, they, they hint at that. It's never, it, nothing romantic ever happens between them, no. but they do hint at it because... I think at least at least one. I feel like it happens more than once. But like, Faye runs in someplace and she's like, "Oh, I'm uh, uh, Everett drove me here." And they'll be like, "Oh, the cute radio boy." Like they'll kind of like, yeah, like smile, smi- like, like smile stop at smiling. her. Smiling, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Her, that's right. Her, her mom does it too. Her mom or yeah, yeah. When she shows first shows up at the switchboard, she mentions that uh, she was got dropped off by Everett, and her mom kind of like gives one of those mom smiles like oh that nice boy <laughs> right so but they're very like it's the sort of thing where they the movie wants you kind of rooting for them because the other people are and they have a lot of charisma together yes they yeah, seem absolutely. to call out each other's bullshit they yeah. seem to respect each other uh it's it's not perfect but it's like it again it's it's like just feels like a, a very wholesome-esque relationship mm-hmm. uh and then I think, okay, spoilers for the end, uh, they end up getting abducted and yeah. we never see them again. <laughs> yep. They get abducted uh, as, they get abducted as a family unit though. Exactly. And that's what, it, that's yeah. what it comes to is that they <laughs> yeah. then have the kid, they yep. run into the field and then they get abducted, all three of them, the, mm-hmm. those two and the kid. So it feels like it's saying something about that. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know what. <laughs> but I don't know what either. It's, I mean, it's maybe I have to watch of, it again. It's sinister because <laughs> it's yeah. freaking aliens stealing them. Right. And it's um, the idea of like they want you to like see this these two and you root for them and you kind of like the, the maybe there's a romance here or maybe not. They never again, they never it's not heavy handed. And then it's just their lives are cut. They talk about their futures, where they're going to go to school or what jobs they're going to get. Well, he talks about he's probably going to go to the West Coast. And she's like, yeah, I kind of want to get out of here, too. I don't right. I, like I could go somewhere. And then he starts talking. Well, what about college? And she's like, well, I can't afford college. And he's like, well, maybe you could look into loans. Like they have a back and forth com- conversation about what they're going to do once they finally get out of this small town. Right. And then it's just all abruptly cut short at the end. Yep. Because they're both abducted. 
and then we don't know what happens after that because it's uh, i i think it really is like this as established by the framing device of like the twilight zone mm-hmm. it kind of is just a long episode of an anthology series of a sci-fi anthology yeah in that it almost doesn't need to be a full-length feature because the plot is very like twilight zony as yeah, opposed to yeah as opposed to like a very clear beginning middle and end arc and a, and a resolution like this could be the first episode of a tv show more mm-hmm. than a movie if this was the first episode of a tv show i think it would be fucking amazing uh or an anthology show yeah the fact that it's a standalone movie frustrates me a little bit does that make sense um yeah ex- ex- expound on that and then once you're done i want to come back around to talk about uh how they address race okay yeah yeah i definitely want to talk about that i want to talk about that yeah um because the 50s stuff it's like we keep saying it's wholesome and pleasantville-esque but there's still like otherism in there and they re- they seem to recognize it but uh uh, uh what i'm saying is that because there's no definite conclusion mm-hmm. and because the plot seems like pretty thin yeah uh it feels more like a really good first episode of a tv show mm-hmm. like a sci-fi anthology show or a show about this town mm-hmm. uh like i could like i w- i i think i really like this movie uh but i would have liked it more if i knew that there would be more of it does that make sense <laughs> Yeah, because there's not much to it. Yeah, like a Stranger Things-esque show. Like, this should be... Someone should look at this movie, hire these people to then make a TV show oh, based somebody, around this Oh, somebody should hire these people. Yeah, I want to see what they do with money. Right, but I want to see what they do with this same world. Sure, this yeah. This same aesthetic, the same universe, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I, d- I definitely want to see what these people do with more money not much more it doesn't have to be that much more no yeah just you know give them i don't know give them like 10 million dollars yeah um yeah so yeah yeah, i wanted to talk about the 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 how they address race in the movie um which in the i mean it's it's i think it's an all white i think we only see white people yeah except on the uh, opposing basketball team as, as the girl points out she says uh um, they're indians yeah a couple of indians on their team um mm-hmm. which she of course means native americans but right um and it's like that's that's the f- that's pretty early and that's definitely addressing not not even really addressing just like just deciding not to ignore it which was you know yeah you get no one is blatantly racist, but they're not not racist, right? Because like, <laughs> like you're like, the, yeah, <laughs> these people are probably very racist. Oh yeah, if we like, if we pressed them on it, for sure. Because yeah. the way the way Faye tells her mom about the uh, kids on the other basketball team implies that uh, Native Americans have an inherent athletic ability. Yes, <laughs> which yeah, is, they don't. Again, they don't. It's it's like one of those things where like. The movie isn't about that, Mm-mm. but it also can't ignore it. So when it no, does, it come takes up, place in the fifties. Yeah, exactly. Like Again, every, like, every, like everybody, think, everybody was at least a little racist. Yeah, in the 50s. like ever. I think ever and Faye's relationship is similar because there's like a little bit of misogyny in there. Uh, a, a little bit. It. 
I, but it's I, not it's not overdone because it's also not too much about that. Um, I felt it more like because in the first and it, it's I mean it, it clearly becomes obvious that that's not the case. Uh, <laughs> that would definitely color what we previously talked about about the possibility of them having a romantic relationship in the future. Right. But in the first like ten minutes or so, I wasn't sure if if she was his kid's sister because that's kind of the tone he has with her. Yeah, he talks down to her a lot. He does. Yeah. And I got, but uh, ra- you're right that it's it's it absolutely there's a misogynistic element to it. But as I was watching it, it felt like an older teen talking to a younger teen, being like, "Hey, well, then, kid, you don't know nothing yet. So I'm gonna tell you how, how it is." Right, and it's it feels like a little bit part of their progression is that then she ends up ordering him around, mm-hmm. yeah, too, yeah. Uh, but it like it definitely seems like he wants this front. I think again when that's the point when she's like, "Why does your radio voice sound different than your regular voice?" Mm-hmm. And he gets really flustered because it's that she's like taking him down a peg, like from mm-hmm. his beginning, because he becomes just as helpless as her. Right. He's so in the particularly in the opening uh, scene where we're really it's really just we're following him. Yeah. Um, through the gym I- into solving the problem picking her up walking her back home it's pretty it's it's always following um and it's usually he's usually in the center of the shot yeah um and he has such swagger in that in those opening oh, yeah. scenes and then by the end of the like yeah when she really <laughs> chops his legs out with that radio voice which is a thing like broadcasters uh frequently take like dialect classes Sure. Yeah, yeah. So to like either lessen your accent or be if affect a more neutral accent. Oh yeah, we're both southern. People don't know this about us. <laughs> Thick southern accents. Well, I we mean, I actually, have. I was born in Virginia. So. Oh, sorry. I mean, yeah, the accent wise. Oh, oh right. <laughs> just thick southern drawls just, is yeah, what we just both have. Just impenetrable. I actually have a, a very thick Cajun accent. Yeah. It was really bizarre that I was the only one in Virginia yeah. who spoke like that. Mm-hmm. Just um, straight up John Voight and Anaconda. <laughs> That that accent is perfect, madness. I don't perfect know. Perfect Cajun accent. He's just John doing Voight. Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> in Anaconda. He's doing like a weird mix between Scarface and Marlon Brando. Yeah, he's he's doing his own thing. It's just madness. <laughs> he's over there having fun. Yeah. <laughs> no one can tell him what to do. <clears throat> uh so what 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 were we talking about? Um, oh, we were talking about the the race component. Yes, um, which comes up again more pointedly uh, when they get the caller Billy, who calls yes. in after uh, Everett plays the transmission that they received over the radio, and it says, "If anybody knows what this is, call in." And then they get this guy who calls in, and he says, "I'm this Air Force or Army veteran." He's a he's a he's an elderly military veteran, and he tells him a story about how he participated in this weird like in the middle of the night, some air force officers showed up and made him go out with a bunch of other guys and dig this giant hole and basically build a bunker that they put this huge thing in that he never quite got a look at because it was covered. But he said it was like at least the size of an airplane, right? Yeah. He said Um, it was bigger. Yeah, that's right. He said it was bigger than an airplane. Um, and that he heard that transmission as they were taking off from the place where they had built it. And he said, as they were taking off, he could look down and see that they were already covering over the runway so that nobody would ever know there was anything there. Right. And part of what he was talking about is that he would, they like almost formed a community of these guys telling each other 
their pieces of the story because they realized that each person was only getting one job and one piece so that nobody knew too much. Right, like one guy saw the the object being carried on a barge down the Colorado River. Yeah. Um and he uh, the guy also says that he got radiation sickness. Right, and that other people did too. Uh pretty much everybody that that worked on it got radiation sickness. That's also they ask him why are you telling us this? And yeah, he's like because I'm dying. Cuz I'm old, I'm sick. Yeah. And nobody listens to me. And he's like, well, why doesn't anybody listen to you? And then he says, well, because I'm black. Right. Um, and then he, and then he's like, do you, uh, he said, I forget whatever it says to him after that. But then the guy says, yeah, no, all of us were either black or Mexican. Yeah. And he's like, why do you suppose that is? And he's like, cause no one would listen to us. Yeah. He's like, do you think they did that intentionally? He's like, oh, I know they did. Yeah. Well, why do you think that? Cause who's going to listen to us? And also the subtext is they all got sick. Right. So it's like, well, we'll just, we'll throw the, the people of color in there and nobody cares if they get radiation sickness. Like that's the implication behind that as well. I, I thought anyway. Yeah. And I think it plays into the whole, the whole movie, I guess, is that the first people who were affected by this, yeah, were people of color. And now at the end, it's this all American white yep. family type getting abducted. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that has to play into it of the overall theme. And, uh, even Everett's reaction is very telling because Everett is like trying is kind of like no no it's it's cool it's cool man like or he asks like do you have a problem with this he said, that is the that story's good? coming from a black man and he's yeah, like yeah no, he no, said no. he says something is like is that is that going to be a problem and he's like no 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 I don't think it's a problem but he clearly he looks flustered he looks a little flustered yeah because it's the 50s because it's and the he, 50s it, yeah and it's it's interesting because it's almost him realizing like this man is right that's why they did that probably like mm-hmm. it's him kind of being confronted with the racism mm-hmm. uh while still not being fully comfortable yeah uh and and it, it's it's there's a lot of that is Everett has trouble believing the stories as they go the old woman he also just right well because i mean believe her no he doesn't and uh, it's at the end is him saying they're here they're really here because it's it's he had to see it to Mm -hmm. finally believe that this thing was happening yeah and And i mean the old lady was creepy and also like when she when she's like can you do me a favor oh yeah and she's like take take me with you she's like well where do you want to take you to the ship and she hasn't mentioned a ship or anything up until that point right and it's like it really comes off as oh this woman's nuts yeah (laughs) so he's just immediately like oh we've got to leave right and then he he like she gives him the words to say and he doesn't take them he doesn't take them nope uh yeah, it's it's Everett's whole thing is very interesting because he starts very much in control, is confronted by a lot of ideas that people have been victimized, uh, and has well, that, to see it for himself to actually confront that fact. Yeah, fully. and it it's sort of like she's more open, like they you know she, everything she reads in her interview are articles from science magazines. Like she's more open to the idea, and he's kind of like doesn't believe them. Yeah, you know. Like the one he doesn't believe is the one that actually winds up happening. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Or the one that's the most, yeah. Because she right. talks about, yeah, self-driving cars 
and and the really super fast trains yeah. and those are two things we're still yet to conquer but yeah. the f- cell phones is the thing we've definitely figured out and oh, yeah, yeah that's the one where he's like i don't know about that yeah that's that's the one i don't buy and like he's adamant that it's the soviets invading and not yes. aliens like he's he has a very specific worldview yeah and i do think yeah i do think there's just underlying themes of that of like denial mm-hmm. by like yeah well, you know, like, this one of the, one of the the first thing he has her say when she's testing out her recording. She's like, "Well, oh, I don't yeah. know what to say." He has her say the uh, the the oath that they made people say that they weren't a part of the communist <laughs> party. Right. I really like that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it's it's well it, because that, it felt very fifties because he makes her say like something from a TV show or something Gunsmoke. as well from Gunsmoke. Oh, is what it is? Yeah. <coughs> I'm choking on water, Tom. Um, How. F- fucking dare you i know but he that was part of the lingo i really liked because they seem to know it's kind of silly and dumb what they're saying Mm -hmm. they're not that into it like they felt like teenagers in the lingo like they felt like everything's stupid and dumb like Mm -hmm. teenagers always are they're not just happy-go-lucky 50s teens yeah uh but they're very much into the pop culture at the time and stuff like that i don't know Mm -hmm. um but yeah, there's definitely the when he's thinking it's the Soviets. There's uh, yeah, it's a lot of like denial and yeah, uh, and and, uh, uh, and otherism like and you otherism. Were, like you yeah. mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Here's the thing: is uh, picking this apart. I don't know if it's supposed to mean one blatant thing. I don't think it is. I think it's just vibes. I think it's just supposed to be a themes and vibes. Right. I think about- it's just. It's it's telling a typical sci-fi thriller story that would have shown up on the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, although the Twilight Zone was usually uh, w- w- way more overtly political <laughs> with and and uh, right. with its social commentary. Yeah, and I mean maybe maybe the director will come out and say like, no, this is about climate change or this is about this. Right. But no, it didn't I feel like it while watching it. Maybe no, I, it went over my head or something. I don't. I know. feel like it's just it's it's doing. I think it's 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 doing like an homage to those kinds of TV shows and movies, while not ignoring the time in which it took place. I and think the is, problems. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think. I don't know it's if there's extending. Yeah the sci-fi of being like yeah if the government did this stuff well they'll probably get people of color Mm -hmm. that's the people they would screw over so yeah uh yeah you're right it's 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 i think that i don't think i don't again i could be wrong it may have just soared right over my head like a flying saucer but Mm. i think it's i know yeah i'm I'm mad at myself for that one (laughs) I, i i think it's just it not ignoring that it, it's in the 50s <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's yeah it, it's it's a good retelling of this era because that's one of those things is that like it's easy i think for certain people uh to romanticize the aesthetic yeah. or the, like the a big, feel or the wholesomeness of the 50s it's yeah, it's what if, pleasantville what made pleasantville uh pretty interesting yeah uh although they didn't need like they could have just had them be just regular racists in Pleasantville. <laughs> that would have been a whole thing. Like if it wasn't like they're turning literal colors, it was just, yeah, they're a bunch of racists. Yeah. Now you're sucked in there. What do you, are you gonna, are you gonna do anything about this? Um, 
<laughs> but it, it's, it, I mean, it's the same thing of that they wanted to do this aesthetic, mm-hmm. but they they couldn't look away. They couldn't right. like yeah, sugarcoat if, if, it. No, I, I mean you you could have. I feel like if if a like a like if a Disney makes a movie that takes place in the fifties, they the first thing they oh, would yeah. do is be like, let's cut out the race stuff. Oh yeah, people don't want to think again, about that. This doesn't make it a big part of it. It's no, it's just, not. It's a, it's a very small part. Yeah, it's not even about that. It's just no. it's still there, and it's just I there, appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's yeah, there's a lot to this film. Again, plot wise, it's it's thinner because it's just like this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Mm-hmm. Movie over. No grand conclusion. No like they no huge scale stuff, which is what I was looking forward to. I knew it was going to be very small scale. Mm-hmm. And my main criticism is, I think they could have gone smaller scale. <laughs> I think we didn't need to see because at the end they look up and we see there's a oh, there's a great fucking moment where they just see the small fr- flying saucer and it's very quiet and it's just sort of there in the field half in the dark and it's just very it's not like making hovering sounds mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sound at all it doesn't make any sense it's just sort of there and it's a real creepy shot but then they do they look up and they see the larger thing go over them and that's like a straight up flying saucer close encounter style mm-hmm. um and that was where i was like eh, i don't know if i needed that i think i think it may be just the saucer uh I, I don't think i needed to see the aliens i'm glad we, we didn't see we did. an alien yeah we didn't see any aliens yeah but the saucers were even too much i uh, think it, yeah 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 I it's don't know. not bad but it was just no i i could have i could have used even more mysteriousness there they could have used it being more like the fourth kind. Yeah, make it more like the fourth kind. We don't yeah, fourth ever kind, you never see, see any. Yeah. Nope. Because I think that's what makes aliens intriguing. Yeah. I think I think it's it's the it's why we are obsessed with them is that you know we're the same way we're obsessed with ghosts or demons or anything supernatural and and it is because you only hear stories you don't see it it's not. Mm-hmm. it's always in the shadows it's the unknown and so it's like always i feel like better to keep it unknown unless you're doing like et <laughs> then i guess you make some dickhead alien yeah floating around yeah <laughs> this little turd alien put that little wrinkly piece of shit on the ground mm-hmm. with his little desk Make lamp head that fucking thing fucking gremlin he's hideous beat the shit out of et mm-hmm Mm-hmm. kick him in his weird head yeah. <laughs> i i think i told you this uh, when i was writing for film school rejects they did a like company mural with just and i was like i had only been you know i i didn't write for them that much but they were like you want you want to be in this uh we want people doing something film related and i was like can you have me punching et <laughs> and they were like sure <laughs> so like their company mural there's like me <laughs> just gut punching et <laughs> <laughs> punching him so hard he's throwing up yeah exactly fuck him <laughs> fuck et fuck et i said it yeah <laughs> we're all thinking it <laughs> little fucking shit reminds me of that photo plasty you did what that's when uh, it's about superheroes being dicks and it's superman punches a guy then he flies around the world to turn back time so that he can watch him punch the guy while eating popcorn yeah Yeah. the old dickhead superman (laughs) 
Oh, I laughed uh, really, really hard at that one. Yeah. <laughs> that came out real good. I won. I won the photoplasty. You did? Yeah, you won that one. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, got, I got $100 for that. Oh, yeah. 100 big boys. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. That's... Uh, that's a one call of duty plus a season pass that's true that's oh man yeah uh any any more thoughts on the vast of night no i think people should watch it i it's not gonna be for everyone i don't think even though it has overwhelmingly positive reviews oh yeah Um, Uh, but i think i think it might be too slow for a lot of people yes i think people won't be able to deny how well done it is and how good the dialogue is but it yeah. might be too slow for some folks. You're yeah. not, this isn't a horror movie. No. And not much happens. There's like three things that happen. Yep. It's mostly people having conversations. Yes. So I don't know if you're into that. I never got bored, uh, but it's also 90 minutes. It's even less than that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, it's like 86 or 87. Right. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I don't know. Check it out. Yeah. It's yeah. it's good, and if you are already have uh, Amazon Prime, then you don't have to pay anything extra for it. It's just mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and I'm super excited to see what these people do next. Yeah, for I hope sure. they don't. Yeah, I hope they don't drop off the face of the earth. I hope they yeah. don't mysteriously vanish, or you know, I don't know, turn into a fucking Colin Trevorrow. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I hope they don't get Jurassic World four piled on them. Yeah, and then get really confident about their abilities. Yeah. Yeah, baby steps. Baby mm-hmm. steps. Um, so uh, we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Mm-hmm. We have exclusive podcasts there like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. Uh, there are also a lot of things to donate to right now. Oh, yeah. Just throwing Fuck that yeah. out there. Yep. So uh, look into that. I should I should name one of those things. That's yeah, what you appropriately do. probably should have. God damn but, it. Well, I keep looking into them, and they sort of switch around. There's a lot of people who are like, "No, you don't need to donate to us anymore. Donate to them." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. As 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 hard as it is to yeah, look just at take, the news, just take a look on Twitter. People are sharing all sorts yeah. of links that you can donate to. Yeah. Also, uh, keep your eyes out tomorrow. The tomorrow, yes, t- Tuesday, because there might be something new coming out from us tomorrow. Might th- oh, might there be? Might there be? Yeah, yeah. There might be. Uh, you know, a new uh, like a, a mini series podcast, maybe, perhaps. If you look, huh. what would it? Hmm. I don't know what it would be about, but there could be something. There could be something. It might perhaps be about teenage vampires. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But probably it won't be. No, it probably won't be. Mm-mm. It probably won't be two hours long. And oh, it's. I, I mean, I'm, definitely some episodes won't be three hours long. That's for sure. That's just madness. Uh huh. Yeah. No. That definitely. Would, that would never happen. Who would? Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would want to do that? I don't know. Who would even want that to exist? It's grotesque. I don't yeah. It's. It's terrible. Yeah. Um. We have a store, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just feel, be safe. Feels gross doing that today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope I hope this has entertained you and got yes. your mind briefly off things. Indeed. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the, the, be safe out there. Yes, please, please do. Yeah, be good. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, be excellent to each other. Yes. Be excellent to each other and yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all. I think that's all right. th- th- the vast of this podcast. Mm. Mm. Nice. Yeah, Bring I'm it really, around. I'm killing it today. These fucking birds are back at the peach tree. 